Hey, welcome to Fans of the Forge. I'm Chris. To my left, we have. It's tonight. It's Sean. Tonight it's Sean. Missing from our set is Teresa, who is at camp for the summer. We miss you dearly. But we are back, and we are here to do a Forge and Fire wrap-up and talk about some stuff. Cool. A lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff to talk about. It was a very busy week since we last recorded. So, first things first, we're not going to do our standard Forge and Fire wrap-up the way we normally do, because we didn't get a chance to really (laughs) watch it. So we're going to watch it while we record. And comment it on it as we go along and uh, do it that way. Yeah, sounds good to me. So let's get started. All right. This is the astronaut. The astronaut knife. Hey. <laughs> Wait, pause this. I'm going to pause, pause now. All right. So that was Tom Garden, who used recycled materials. Yeah. As for his 99% of his 150 knives. I was like, recycled material, always pulling stuff like out of the trash. No, no, no. Just like lawnmower blades and tools. Still tool recycled, steel. just old steel. Okay. Jason Anderson was just a full-time Smith. Full-time Smith, yeah. Looks like a little bit of... David Draymond. David Draymond. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> a little disturbed. A little bit. Yeah. I wonder if he's down with a sickness. <laughs> he's definitely... He's, Coming in with some, yeah. Maybe he's got ten thousand fists with a hammer in his hand. <laughs> then we had Sam Farmer, was four years part time Smith, mm-hmm. and then the last guy here is Mark Campana. Do you remember who he is? Um, a little bit. He was on Knife or Death. Yes, and they cut him from the episode. <laughs> That's right. And so when we posted our wrap up for that Knife or Death, yeah. I had put up this screenshot with a <laughs> right. question mark. Like, who right. the hell is this who is guy? That? Yeah. And then I heard from everyone on that episode and him all yeah. saying, hey, it's me. Hey, it's Mark. <laughs> and so we retagged it and everything. Yeah. But um, we did a whole separate little video when they finally showed his run. That's um, right. Online. Yep. So that's cool. We're going to yeah. see Mark back right. in action. Right. A little redemption for Mark here. All right. Shirt with no sleeves. It's a little space blanket covering some hidden thing. Oh, Nielsen's back. The pain train. Our contestants had to recreate the Case and Sons M1 astronaut knife. Yeah. Used by NASA for all of its space missions, essentially. For Gemini and Apollo. Gemini and Apollo. And they've taken it nine trips to the moon, this style of knife. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, originally made out of stainless steel, according mm-hmm. to what they mentioned there. But they had to recreate this knife. It had to have an 8 to 10 inch blade, 22 inch overall length. It needed to have a 2 inch width at the belly, full tang, and a sawback that had to be completed by the end of round two. Right. And they had to harvest their steel from 52, 100 ball, ball bearings. bearings. Yeah. And then we find out right before they get to start, that if they make it through the end of round two, they will have a triple strength test. Yeah. To test these knives before doing a sharpness test. So that could be very interesting. Right. So it's looking good so far. Yeah. Looks good. And they were given blueprints. Oh, that's right. All right. So for round one, they all really chose the largest ball bearing there was available, even though the judges are like, yeah. why start with that? There's plenty in the smaller ones. Yeah. No, uh, maybe not the 
like the, the one the one in the middle i guess the middle size i don't know how many sizes but it's there was like it a was middle three, size three sizes yeah the uh, size was definitely the the right choice and everyone went yeah, the largest everyone went with the largest one and we made a note here that sam struck you as looking like ed sheeran like ed sheeran yeah that's interesting and uh david draymond also also looks like david lee roth double david's yeah very impressive uh sounds a little bit like the last clip i heard of him i he sounded a little bit like um james hetfield this is a weird combination yeah there's a lot of stuff going on for this guy a lot of metal yeah it's good and there's a lot of you know to captions heavy rock music playing oh know, yeah yeah so <laughs> so for for mark he squashed his ball in one heat, and the judges were like, "Oh my yeah, god!" Yeah, that was that was amazing. That was that I, was that hot. It was just like a ball of jello that just it just squished right down like a marshmallow. That's what it was like, like a marshmallow just just right down. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty impressive. But not judges too, weren't weren't too thrilled well, with yeah, that. That's a, that could be introducing lots of stress. Yeah. Um. He also really thinned out his blade, and then he ground a saw back in before he quenched, and he had a bit of a warp after the quench. For Tom, he yelled, Jesus, flip! Yeah. Trying to get the ball bearings Right, apart. very difficult to get those apart. Everyone, yeah. everyone was complaining about those. And then he basically had a sword for a billet after he drew out his ball bearing. Yeah, drew it really far out. Cut most of it off, and then he hot quenched. Super hot quench. It was a really hot quench. And uh, it wasn't looking so good after Well, that. then he put it on the cold anvil, and then the judge was like, look, you can watch it warp right now. It's just rising up, and Nielsen's like, you never lay it flat, especially on a cold surface. Yeah, it was not not After a good. quench. Jason, he had <laughs> the only note beyond the fact that he looked like David Lee Roth and David Draymond. <laughs> was that he had a really freaking long handle on his Yeah, back. so he... Uh, I, he's within parameters, he says, but the handle was like really long. The handle is about <laughs> like half the size of a blade yeah. overall, and <laughs> he, he ground like a well, a whole like you know, I guess big like a, a swell into it, so that yeah, so all the so the whole it. all the fingers would would go into it, and it was just like double. Like you put two hands in there. Look, it was kind of funny. It looking. was pretty big. So then we moved on to judging. It didn't even bother <laughs> to just even hold it like if someone's over they they bring it up there the guy is like they'll say their whatever comments about it the pocket and then they measure. get the pocket tape measure and you say wow gee that's that's three eighths of an inch too too long and then then you get the boot not this yeah. hey it's too long you're out of here get out of here shake Don't the hands come over and, and leave and even like like I want to hear some critiques on that. Yeah. How did he do? Was it too thin, too thick? How 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 how'd it go? Right. Well, we just told you who ended up getting the boot, which was Tom. And the other guys basically all had decent blades, you know. Yeah. Mark's warp was talked about. Um Yeah. Sam, nothing really bad to say there. Uh and then Jason's just that big the handle, handle is just too too big. He's got to figure out something to do with it. Mm -hmm. So that's about it. 
Yep, that's about it. So then they move into round two, which is finishing up their blades. All right. So, round so. two. Listen, I would say I'd give this to you to read, but my handwriting's terrible. All right. You just roll I'll with just it. just roll th- with it here. So, they had to add handle using Corby bolts. Jason cut his handle, welded his flare back on. Sam grinded his blade because his was too thick. Used the angle grinder. Mark used the propane torch to soften his handles and still spent about an hour drilling holes through his hand. Yeah, he had, had some trouble drilling holes. And then Sam had an easy fit up. Jason put on his saw teeth and also got his handle on. So we come back for testing for the first ever triple strength test. Yeah, I can't wait to see all these tests. All these triple strength yep. tests. So they had the earth dig, the bamboo chop, and the steel plate stab. Yep. And up first we had Mark. Yep. And his was in the earth. Yep. He was stabbing it in there. He was stabbing it in. He was kind of like digging it out when he was bringing yeah, it up bending to a shoot some dirt around. And on the sixth, and according to Will, re-entry right. into the earth, <laughs> right. the sixth re-entry, the tip, a good chunk of the tip yeah. broke off right where the, at the serration, the first, the first one for the first yeah. tooth. So he must have had a microfracture there. So the other two, Sam and Jason, then just had to pass six right. stabs into the dirt which was a <laughs> Jason even says the the, ch- the fact that that one test where you have to stab yeah. into a bucket of dirt yeah. is the one thing that's holding him back from moving on to the final round is insane and yeah. it really was yeah. Sam and Jason both passed so Mark ends it up getting the yeah. boot what are you going to do but it was a good admirable, admirable yep. attempt you move on to round three so You'd think this episode is like, hey, astronaut and the first trip to the moon and all that stuff. Well, no, your final round, you're just going to be making a spiked mace. Spiked mace. Pretty badass weapon. Yeah. But not really much along the space theme. No. Um, Bone crushing blows with a spiked mace. It had spikes for puncturing armor. The handle had to have a condu style with a figure eight guard, a knuckle bow, and a pommel. You need to have 24 spikes, and one of your spikes needs to be at least two inches long. Yeah, it's like a they show like a final spike at the end. It's almost unlike like, the it's other almost ones. Looks like a sword that has a ball sticking at the end of it because it's yeah. like the big tip pointing out the top was right. this the long one. Yeah. So they get four days in their home forge to make their spike mace. Yep. Do we need to watch the rest of this? One minute. No. Well, this is at a watch. You just want to check for $10,000. All right. All right. So we're back. We're back. And uh, round three. Round for round three. They're going to home forges. So they start off with Sam, day one. He's forging the spikes. And uh, he's gonna. his plan was to do that and do heat treat. So he's using 4140 tool steel rods uh, to make, this, make his spikes. On day two... Um, he finishes making the rest of them and mounting them to the ball. And he created this kind of steel jacket to put over the spikes to further secure them to the ball, yep. which is kind of cool. On day four, uh, he's creating his handle pieces and he puts decorative grooves on his knuckle bow and he finishes everything off with a leather wrap on the handle. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Jason, uh, his forge name is OTH Forge and Foundry. So I looked go, him up on Instagram. I couldn't find him, but maybe oh, he's on okay. Facebook. Yeah. All right. 
day one, he's forging out of his spikes. He's using S7 steel for the spikes. It's mm-hmm. like his durable steel. And he wants to drill and tap the spikes in the ball. The spike is too hard to drill into, so he just welds like some the pieces of all thread he was going to use onto those. On day two, he's attaching the head um, in to the the rod, if you will, and he's kind of finishing up his handle construction. And then he also on day so on day four, he plans to like pin the head to the shaft right. and kind of just fin- do some finish work there. So moving on to testing, kill tests, a uh, dummy smash by Doug. For Jason, uh, the handle fits nicely. It's got a good grip. It um, crushes with any... What did I say? Crushes with every spike. It crushes with every spike. Oh, yeah. Um, however, about five spikes broke off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it did crazy damage to that yeah. dummy, though. Like, yeah. The faces of it exploded and everything else. Yeah. It's pretty good. It will kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving on to Sam, uh, it's got a, a heavy forward weight to it, um, but easily penetrates. However, the handle gets in the way during use. Uh, it will kill. So then moving on to the strength test, it's a terracotta smash. Um, so for Jason, the... Uh, he lost some more spikes off of his ball, um, but it's comfortable to use. And Jay also made Jay Nielsen also made a point to say, even though the spikes broke off, you still have these little nubs that can do damage. Yeah. Whoop de do. And it was funny because you said, "Oh, they're really going out of the way to make they're it going, look this, good." They're going out of the way to make us sound like, "Hey, it's it'll still, it'll still do some damage." Yeah, because you still got little pieces. Like, okay, so, like, but there's still like half a ball that's got spikes on it, and this ball itself is it's a big steel ball. So yeah, I, I would say it would do some damage. Definitely do some damage, but Sam's was still all intact. Right, Sam was. He didn't lose any spikes. Right. He started a weapon, so I'm like, okay, well, what's going to happen next? You were like, what? No, they're not going <laughs> to kick it. No, there's not. Uh. So, Jay Nielsen grabs this mace. He's holding it, and then he looks to the judges, mm-hmm. walks over. They do a little powwow, and he puts the, the weapon back on the anvil. It's very, very heavy. Yeah, it's heavier oh, it's than really, the head. Yeah, the handle is heavier than the head, uh, Jay said, and... And they were like, it's just, it came down to, it's, they didn't test it because it was too dangerous to test with. Yeah. So Sam got the boot and that's unfortunate. There's, yeah, I, I mean, okay, I get it. Yeah. I I get it. They don't want to hurt, get hurt. And, you know, Jay had to have, you know, surgery done because of his injuries. And he said multiple times already on this season, he had to go get checked out after working on doing some of these tests. So it's like, I get it. They don't want to get hurt. Man, I think that fucking maze was awesome. It looked it looked amazing. So the shaft was like had this hammered finish to it and it looked just really medieval. It it, it was good. He tanned his own leather. It was crazy. And he used that for the handle wrap. And I think they're just saying the the a lot of the problem was he put the this very ornate like extra 
yeah. uh, pommel. I mean, there's a lot of extra yeah, weight. Yeah, it was it. like these uh, like discs. Yeah, like stacked like discs. Stacked discs. It was like three of them. They're big and that made it heavy. I don't know about. I know they didn't really say like what was preventing them from actually wielding it. Okay, you I know. Think Jay was concerned about how the weight of it would react when it hit the pots to the point where it might break a wrist or bend a wrist mm. the wrong way. I don't know. If so, then, well, they know. And Sam missed out on some money, I th- I think. However, Jason still won. And Kudos to Jason. Good. He made, he came with a weapon. It did damage, and he won. Yeah, so, congratulations. Good job. Congrats. And that is our Forge and Fire wrap-up. That's up. our wrap-up. So now for a quick break. And we are back. So next up we have our our social media roundup segment All with right. a title, a new title we're going to try out okay. called The Gram Scan. Gram Scan. All right. We I like s- it. We spent a lot of time scanning through Instagram. Yeah. So I thought that made a little bit of sense. So we have a couple different things this week to talk about. Um, What's one of the first ones we should bring up? Uh, How about uh, Joshua Prince? Oh, Josh Prince. Cool Damascus that he's doing. Oh, my gosh. This Damascus pattern that he put together, he's been showing the process for this over the last couple weeks at least, where he's been stacking these cubes in like crazy different configurations. Everybody watching is like, what is this dude yeah. doing? And then he finally today showed what the pattern looked like. And he just forged it. In, and it's a pattern of cubes. Like yeah. just inter- like going past each other. And you can see all these different faces. And it just gives it this cool textured like 3D Remember look. Remember in like, I think it was Windows 95. One of the backgrounds you could have was like the blocks. Yeah. And that was the thing. It was just like. You know, the geometric blocks that just look like they're going up or going down, yeah. you know. So that's kind of how it looks, and it's really cool. It's really, really neat. Yeah. And it was, yeah, I've been super just impressed following that guy's work on doing his crazy. He has a lot of good Damascus yeah. stuff that he's put out there, and he makes some great knives, and he's a cool dude. Yeah. And, you know, I'll get into that a little bit more. Okay. Uh, and uh, he had Jesse James stop by his shop. Yeah, recently he chatted with Jesse James and got Jesse James bought a house in Rhode Island and decided to stop in at Josh's shop. So that's pretty awesome. So if you're not already following him, go follow Prince Forge, uh, Prince Forge Works, I believe. Uh, What else? Uh, Oh, Jay Nielsen continuing on his uh, testing of the, you know, Forge and Fire branded yes, cutlery. Yes. He really picked up the the severity of the test. Yeah. This well, week. hey, I mean, he's just doing the testing that they did down the commercials. So the one that I saw, he laid out a kitchen knife, like a, like a bread knife or something, on a on some boards. Yeah. Tied them down, and then just chopped down, just slammed down on this with. The yeah, I don't remember seeing that test in any commercials where they cut a knife in half with the the knife, but. That's what he was attempting, mm. and he took a lot of swings. Didn't cut through the knife. No, damaged it. Yeah, it was definitely bent to hell. It was, yeah, I was beat up. But the, the forged and fire knife edge. It broke. took. It took some. It had some bad bends and rolls yeah, so, there. Yeah, 
It's a little sad now. Teensy weensy bit. It's yeah. I wouldn't want to use it. No. Not after that. No, you can't really use no. it for anything after that. So interesting to see Jay Nielsen continue to go through. Yeah. And uh it's been fun watching his videos of that. And one other thing I wanted to mention was last week we talked about how Josh Weston had posted about needing oh, yeah. to sell some knives so he could fix his grinder or get a new yep. grinder. And you and I were looking at the, the pictures of what he offered. Yeah. And he had this little shark fin dive knife that he had designed and, and created. Yeah. That had sold very quickly. And we were both like, damn, that That's, is a cool it knife. Was, it was pretty pretty cool. We would really loved one of those. Yeah. And you know, it was funny because on Monday morning, Josh Weston put a video up. <laughs> yeah. And after he posted the video, he commented on his own video tagging us saying, after I saw fans of the Forge talking about my shark knife, I decided to make a brand new version of it that's bigger rather than the tiny little version. So Josh went and redesigned this thing and... Let's make uh, it a large version. A large version, version of it. Of that. With, with more of like a wood handle and stuff to it, it looked like. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty cool to watch that. It was only like a three-minute video of him designing it, but it was really neat. Oh, yeah. It was really cool to watch, yeah, the, the design on a computer and stuff. And, yeah, it was something I had never seen before. It was really neat. Yeah. So keep an eye out on Josh Weston's feed because yeah. I guarantee he's probably going to start making some of those knives as soon as he gets a grinder up and running. And uh, those could be some really cool yeah. knives to own, for yeah. sure. Was there any other mm. stuff on the gram? I don't know. I'm tapped out. I think that's a good good gram scan. Yeah. So, that was it. That was the gram scan. Gram scan. Now, we move on to Tales, Tales from Infinite Forge. All right. And we are going to forego our blade speak section this week because this is going to take a little bit. Yeah. So, so do you want to do my stuff first? Or let's do you... your stuff All right. first. So I don't know if we got into any of this, but Chris made some more hot sauce. I had talked about that on the first new version okay. that we did. I talked about making a big batch of hot sauce. All right. And you made it. And I did. you gave me a couple jars, and you wanted some to try out some jerky flavoring, you know, with with that. So I said, "All right, I think we can soak some jerky in this hot sauce, and then see how it goes." Right. So that's what I did this past week. Oh uh, yeah, this bag was probably twice as full <laughs> yeah, when he got here. It was. Um, so I bought uh, a London broil. I sliced it up. I've, I've talked about the process before. Mm -hmm. Um, I threw, a, I don't know, several pieces in, into, um, the, the hot sauce. I did it. Well, I threw it, I threw, I threw it all in. And then I took some pieces out because I had the grill going already. They didn't have a long soak, maybe two hours. Threw them on there. Did my thing as best as I could, pulled them off, and then the next night I did the rest in the uh, in the oven, which is something I haven't done before. Yeah. So cooling rack on on top of a, a cookie sheet, lay them out, throw them in the oven. They're going. 
And I don't know, I was checking a couple hours and then I forgot I had convection, uh, a convection oven. So I turned a fan on in there to, to really suck oh, the, yeah. the moisture out. Then it speed up the process. It did. Everything got really dark. It looked good. Um, I might do that in the future. I'm not sure. Might mess some liquid well, smoke because I usually like to get some smoke flare off the grill. I didn't with this. But um, suffice to say, this jerky came out pretty awesome. It came out different than the grill uh, test because it had a longer soak. So there's some more heat in this one. Yep. It's and it's pretty good. It's good. So we didn't bring the other bag down, but I could say we tr- we tried both of them. This one, the oven one, definitely you taste the hot sauce a lot more. Yeah. You get a lot more of the heat because it's soaked for so much longer. And it the the taste isn't necessarily getting overpowered by the smokiness of it, which the ones that you did on the grill, not that it's overpowered, but there's definitely more smokiness to it. But yeah. I like that. But it also changed the texture. So the one upstairs is a little drier and a little yeah. chewier. This one like breaks apart as you're chewing it in your mouth. Yeah. It's really good. It's really delicious stuff. So that was a fun challenge. I think we need to do that again. And um, maybe I'll try to pick a new flavor of hot sauce that could make a good jerky. I do have some of my other berry ghost reaper. Oh. Is it ghost? <laughs> Not ghost reaper. Ghost oh. chitler. Maybe reaper pepper. Oh, crap. It's actually, the the sauce is not that much spicier than the habanero. Okay. If, if anything, it might be less. Right. Because I, okay. I didn't cook it super spicy. So I might have a jar or a, a small bottle of that that could go towards maybe a small batch if you're going to okay. do another one at some point. And then I still have all the hot sauce left over. So Chris wants, he's commissioning me to... Uh, do some candied bacon with it. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Dude, he makes candied bacon, right? It's amazing. It's pretty good. The, he showed up while. here once with four different kinds that yeah, he had made. Yeah, that's right. And we just, and I just like was plowing through. Yeah. It's so delicious. Um, Yeah, I haven't done it in a while, so I'll have to get back into it. But uh, that's a easy process, really. It's just mixing up some stuff. You slather it on, you throw it in the oven, you flip, repeat. You just keep kind of do. you do it a few times. Um, so I'll have to kind of figure out, because I usually have, like, it's brown sugar mixed with, like, uh, apple cider vinegar. Right. And then that's that's your paste. So with the hot sauce. It's already basically that, which put peppers in it. And yeah. So the, the sugar from, you know, the sauce might just be enough. So I might do a small batch, see how it comes out. Maybe I'll add some sugar to it. Yeah. Who knows? We'll play around That's with it. gonna be so good. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Anything else to report? Um No. No. I mean I no. I no get, progress on those uh fixtures for you? No, no, zero. <laughs> I mean it's done now. No one's calling me back, so it's it's over with. I mean maybe down the road I'll actually buy some some new stuff and and tear about the back half of the wall and see if I can retrofit stuff without busting tiles in the front. Yeah. Um. So that's that. The only thing I did is I bought some new lug nuts for the Jeep, threw them on because the old ones were the old ones were steel lug nuts, but they had like this aluminum jacket around them to make their final dimension. Well, the problem is after many years, the steel part of the lug nut on s- several of them started to rust out 
bulged out the jacket so I couldn't put the socket on there anymore. So you'd have to wail on it with a hammer to get the socket on there or for one or two, like even that was, wasn't working. So I had to chisel the jacket off in order to put a socket on there and get the really? loads off. Yeah. That's how bad it was. So. Is this something? No. So are you talking about like a plating? Like a zinc? No, it's not even a plating. It's, it's just a, a, a like it's a it's thin. It's a separate piece of metal? Yeah. It's a separate piece of metal. Just jacketed around it huh. to make make up its final dimension because no i could peel it off with a chisel just no shit i yeah. had no idea they did that they probably don't do it anymore because it's, <laughs> it's not a good way to to make stuff well no steel and aluminum don't play nice together either well especially material. if like if you get a crack or some some way for water to get in there it's going to rust out or even from the backside somehow if it gets through the threads yeah it's going to rust out, and that's what these are doing. So more and more and more are doing it, so I finally just bought a new set. Um, the only problem with the new set is the the part that goes on first, so there's a cone yeah. that mates with the wheel. Well, these have like a narrower cone. They're not as flared out. So if you're not careful, I was starting to really wrench on one kind of as I was tightening things up, and I started to go past the wheel a little bit because it's a soft... Oh, it's not really it, uh, magnesium. Maybe it might be magnesium. Or, I don't know. It's a softer metal. It's not steel, so it was starting to seem like it might have been starting to go through because there wasn't enough cone to hold it from, oh. from doing it from like just passing through. So hopefully, there's no more problems with that. That's yeah. that's that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't really get any work done. You know, even though I have the forge out there, it's been a really busy week. Yeah. Because on weekend. Friday of last week, I drove up to Maine for the New England School of Metalwork Bladesmithing Symposium. Nice. Which, let me tell you, was a heck of an experience. It was a very fun event, very informative. I, you know, I took classes. I have the schedule here still from the the event. So I took classes with Lynn Ray. Okay. Who's master smith, well renowned? He showed how to make his X-ray style knife, which is a blacksmith knife that has a tenon joint. Mm-hmm. To to basically, you take your blacksmith style handle where it's just your tang that's stretched and brought around. Yeah. He has it so that you put a you, you flare out the end of the tang, put a hole in it, you forge a hole in it. Mm-hmm. And then you mate that with a piece that's protruding from right below the blade. And it mates together. Yeah. And to watch him forge this whole thing out and figure and see how he forges that, that special piece to come off the bottom. And then line it all up, just forging it. Yeah. He forged a square hole. And then he forges this thing to a nice square shape to fit in there. And then he's just like lightly tapping it. And you're just watching it slowly just go doot. Do, 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 and just line right like he's tapping the back end to yeah. move this down and then it just lines nice. right up it was really something cool. to see it was really cool he, it was a great class a couple hours while that was happening Emiliano Carrillo was doing a classroom session about Oroshigane and Japanese blades and Oroshigane is basically the Japanese style of creating steel I believe Okay. and so when I walked out of this class I heard a bunch of guys saying, oh, Miliano's doing a smelt in the back. So you walk out back, and he has this this forge set up 
well, not like a forge setup, but it's like a little fire pit made yeah. with fire bricks. Mm-hmm. And then underneath it, there's, you know, rocks and uh, a layer of ash, like from a fireplace, a bunch of fireplace ash, yeah. and then coals, right? A lot of just regular yeah. coals. And he took that, got a fire started in it, using a shop vac to pump this thing with, mm-hmm. with air. So it got a really hot fire yeah. going using these coals. And then he took pieces of pure iron that he had gotten from somewhere. I guess it's not very easy to get pure iron like this, but he weighed it out to a certain amount and then he threw it in mm-hmm. just on top of the fire. Yeah. And then it melts down. And as it goes through the coal, the iron is taking carbon oh. from the coal and then settling in the bottom, making steel steel slag right. and then he goes and he gra- once it's all done everything's melted he grabs it brings it at first they they did one where they were using sledgehammers to kind of help compress it all together and flatten it out yeah. and the second one he actually grabbed it ran inside to the power hammer and slammed it down and flattened it out a little bit better but this is like the traditional way of making this type of steel nice. so when you when you go to use that to make a blade it's going to have a very traditional old school look to it it was really yeah, awesome. Cool. And the amount of supplies to make this, like, set up to be able to smelt your own s- steel was, I I mean, you're talking <laughs> six fire bricks yeah. and a shop back and some ashes and charcoal. And then you yeah. got to get the iron to be able to do it. Right. But he said that he's actually done it before where they've had a, an, a stand, like a grate, uh, like a grill grate that they had stand up off the top of it mm-hmm. so that as they're heating this thing super hot, they're cooking chicken and stuff while they're <laughs> steel inside the, oh, onto the actual fire. That's cool. So I'm like, dang, that sounds like yeah. an awesome thing to do. Make some steel while we're cooking up some yeah. sausages or Next something. Next camping trip or, you know, backyard barbecue. You know, and then we get, all you need to do is you need, you get a stump. They were using a stump as a base. So you would, carry it one guy's holding it in the tongs on the stump and then you're taking the sledgehammers and you're taking turns whacking it to get it at least a little bit more compressed but that was a heck of a demonstration i was really impressed with that and then i watched a little bit of some forging with jim crowell who was showing the difference between hand forging and power hammer forging okay and it was cool. You know, yeah. you just I walked in and out of there and I was I was also watching Miliano's uh smelting during yeah. that time. Then they had a nice lunch where they had the Anvil Cafe or something set up and you can go and purchase hot dogs, burgers, chili. It was good. Mm-hmm. And then they did an auction after lunch that lasted almost two hours. Wow. And it was Mace Vitali who was running the auction. Cool. And they had a lot of good things up and it yeah. was it was, it was a fun time. A lot of people purchased some some interesting items, and some stuff was like $5 Walmart pocket knife. <laughs> some of stuff was like some of the steel that Emiliano had made prior to coming up. Or oh. like, so, There was a couple really wow. nice knives, a couple Damascus billets that people had made and put up for sale oh, really? that got a couple hundred oh. bucks. So it was really fun to, cool. to see that, but... It was also very hot, and it was inside this building. I didn't even describe the School of Metalwork. So it's the three buildings on their campus. One of them is like a classroom that also yep. has dorms for the teachers that come there. Okay. Then there's a whole middle area that's generally their welding shop, but they had that set up as like the 
the open forge space if you wanted to go forge something. Okay. Then they had the blacksmith shop, which is a whole separate building. And there's a, there's a giant room that had nothing in it yet because I think they just are, started moving things because they opened a new building recently. But right. the blacksmithing shop is is awesome. There's cool. tons of yeah, forges, tons of uh, propane and charcoal forges. And it was crazy. So anyway, in the afternoon after the auction, I was watching. I, I wanted to listen to Lynn Ray's theory. He had a whole thing on handle and guard uh, theory and fit up. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of people in this tiny classroom. And the class itself was more of him kind of like addressing more individual questions that people might have had or as they came across stuff in the field. So I was kind of like, yeah, this is so very specific to them. It's not, I mean, maybe at some point if I were to listen, I would learn something down the road that would be handy. But right. I was kind of, I was, I was getting a little bit zoning out. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go over to the grinding class that's being put on and watch the guy grind on a blade for a little bit. And that one was like, I walked over and it looked like two or three people were sleeping, like <laughs> while sitting on the bleachers while watching. Or and a lot of people were like, it was very soothing just to go there. And he's just, <laughs> the guy's just grinding a blade and he needs showing it off as he does it, but yeah. you can't see him. You can't get in close and see right. what's happening. You can't. So it's just like very soothing. <laughs> That's great. It was good. And then there was a break for dinner, and then that evening they had super battle. It was Lin Ray versus Miliano. Okay. Versus Mace Vital. All right. Mace Vitali. And then fourth, our good buddy Josh Weston All right. flew in for the event to compete in this Battle of the Bladesmiths. And they had two hours to completely forge heat treat. And attach handles what? to a knife. That's Two hours. crazy. It, it was forging fire on steroids. It was craziness. They were like, they were allowed to prep some stuff ahead of time. Like, their scan. Like, they were allowed to have some of their handle material stuff prepped and ready to go. Um, and they had basic ideas like for what they were going to do, but they had certain parameters they needed to follow. And uh, it was really something. It was really a crazy thing to watch, just how how quickly they're going and, and forging these out, and then who's going to quench first and who's going to temper their blade because right. they had to like do some temp- oh, mobilizing yeah. and tempering. Yeah. and They had a grinder set up, and Mace Vitale's over there with the angle grinder like set up on his bench just shooting sparks off into the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> and, then, and Josh is like, you know, Josh, you've seen him on Forge and Fire, and he's got three hours to forge a blade, and his yeah. hair is sticking straight up. Yeah. He, was, he was all over the place getting <laughs> stuff done. And uh, it was really something to watch. And Lynn, Lynn Ray, not only did he forge his blade out, he forged a guard for his, forged a slot yeah. through the guard Sick. to put on. Right. Like, all he had was like basically a chisel that had a little bit more of a rectangular flat face, got this big lump of seal that he had shaped, and then he just put it on the anvil and just started do 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 and it just forged the slot right through. I had yeah. no idea you could do that. I guarantee you if I tried it, it would get messed up big time. <laughs> well. But he managed to get that he and it was funny because I was I saw Ryan Brewer there and oh, as cool. well. Yeah. And uh 
So I kept bumping into him as the, the event was going on. Yep. And he's like in his element at an event like You're this. Right. And so he's like back and forth. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he sees Lynn Ray forging the guard. And he goes, Lynn Ray's flexing. Lynn <laughs> Ray's flexing over here. Yeah. Oh, it was funny. Yeah. It was really funny. Um, and so it came down to the end of the two hours. And everybody managed to turn in blades at the end of the two hours. They had to do some performance tests, which included slicing a rolling paper. It's like the guy that was running is like, <laughs> this is my older brother's rolling papers. This, the guy that was running it, is, his name is Nick Rossi. And I think he's one of the guys that runs the school. Yeah. And he makes amazing knives. And he's got... This long hair that he keeps up in a ponytail, like, bunned up in the back. Yeah. And he's like, these are my brother's rolling papers. Can you cut this with one, like, slip? <laughs> and I think maybe Lynn was able to cut it. I don't know if anybody actually else was able to fully cut it with theirs. Like, it was a, it's a really difficult Yeah. Job. Then they had to go over to a hanging water balloon right. that was, like, not like a full water balloon, like a uh, half-filled water balloon. So yeah. So that it was, like... Not yeah, like the not skin as, expanding yeah. very much. And they had to try to cut a hole in this yep. hanging water balloon. And I think Mace did it, and I believe Emiliano did it. Lynn missed, and, and that counts. You only get one swing. And Josh hit it, but I don't think it cut okay. into it. And then... I could have sworn there was a third test, and now it's blank. I'm blanking on what mm -hmm. it was. But anyway, they also had judges, um, including Matt Parkinson was one of the judges, but there was um, three guys, including some master smiths and stuff. I, oh. I, I should have written down all their names, but um, I was just trying to enjoy it at that yeah. point. And when it came down to it, the winner ended up being... Emiliano Carrillo oh, of really? Sun and Stars Forge. Okay. Apparently, he won last year as well. But, um, I mean, you should have seen, like, at the end of this thing, he had his, everything was done, and he's hand polishing in, like, water with sandpaper, oh, yeah. like, squatting on the ground, just, like, going, 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 going. And meanwhile, Josh Weston's over here. <laughs> yeah. And Mace Vitale's sitting at the bench. Just, yeah. And it just, and it was just craziness. So, I was like, so blown That's, away by the event. Yeah, it sounds pretty awesome. And I, you know, it was great to see Emiliano win it because that was really cool. And then it basically they're breaking everything down immediately afterwards so they could put it away because oh. they don't want to leave all those tools out, bridges yeah. and grinders and everything. So I booked it back to my Airbnb and passed out for the evening. Nice. Um, I also ran into um, Morgan. Do you remember Morgan who worked? The big blue yeah. booth at Blake yeah, I Show. remember. Yeah, she's from New York City. Right, she was at the event. Oh, cool. She's part of the you know the New England group of of Smiths, and uh, yeah, she was actually one of the cooler ones there that talked to me because not a whole lot of people knew who <laughs> I was, which right. was fine. I wasn't looking yeah. to be recognized. I was there to learn, right. but I didn't know that many people either. And I'm I'm sure you know by now, as knowing me for many years, when I. If I get into places where I don't know many people, I tend to clam up. Mm. And I don't talk very much. It's hide different. in the bathroom. Hide in the bathroom. Oh. But I just don't. <laughs> I just don't talk to people. So like, it was cool to see Ryan Brewer and Josh Weston and Josh Prince and Morgan because this is 
friendly faces. Yeah. Matt Barry, I Matt saw Barry. Matt Parkinson was there. Yeah. Um, uh, a few more people that we had met through going to Dragon's Breath Forge were there. Okay. And um, so, you know, I got around and talked to as many of those people as I could. But I was, you know, I told you before I went to the event, I was kind of nervous about going. I didn't know what to expect. And what I say? You're going to have a great time. I had a great time, but it was kind of like I didn't, I, even though I didn't know some people, I still felt like I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, but I enjoyed it. But yeah. I was. It was it was a weird feeling on my part. I you know what you're doing that. there. No, I know that you're random people from the public there. You're just part of the public. Well, no, it wasn't just like if you were there. Generally, most of the people there were related somehow or another to the ABS. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, it was a good event. It was a good event, and um, to. The people that put it on, I believe it was Nick Rossi, Barbara Wechter, and Derek Glazer were the, the people that work at the school. All right. Um, they put on this whole event, uh, New England School of Metalwork. Check that Instagram out, their website. They they do classes all year round where they bring in teachers to, to do forging classes and stuff, and amongst other things. And um, it was really cool. And that was just on the Saturday. I missed the first day where they had the first forging and I missed, they did uh, some Journeyman Smith performance tests oh, the night before as well. That would have been cool to see. Yeah, I missed that. But um, two people passed the performance test. One of them, I believe, is um, he goes by at Ledley L. Knives on Instagram. And he actually, his name is Jonathan Crusoe. He recognized me. Oh, really? He goes, I love you guys' podcast. Keep up the good work. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. And then he, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I just passed my performance test for the JS yesterday. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's cool. So he actually, he's in Massachusetts. He's like, hey, if you're ever around the area, you want to come work? I'm like, all right. Couldn't hurt to know somebody that's, you know, already hitting the journeyman Smith level, right? If I'm just starting off. So that was cool, and give him a follow, Ledley L. Knives on Instagram, Jonathan Crusoe, and uh, where was I going with all this? There was just so many people there, and there was like so much learning going on. There's another, there was a lot of guys there that were from that I follow on Instagram that I've never connected them in person and who they were. Yeah. So there's one guy that um, called Nick Anger, who you may have heard of, heard of Anger yeah. Knives. He lives in Vermont, I think he said, and like I never had thought of who this guy was, but I th- when I was at the smelting thing, mm-hmm. this giant dude comes walking <laughs> over. He's got to be, you know, it looked like close to seven feet tall. He's tall, dude. Wow. At least six five, six six, maybe maybe more than that. And he's joking around. He's wearing Crocs. <laughs> and like in oh, shorts boy. and just kind of like hanging out and everybody knows who he is and I'm just like I'm fucking in the dark here yeah. like who is this guy and then at one point I was talking to Morgan and she's like well you know him do you know him I'm like but she's saying their full names not like their Instagram handle so I'm like I don't know right. maybe and so anyway I was like I heard once I realized who this guy was and I saw the knives that he makes you should look at Anger Knives right. he makes these incredible incredible damascus knives and he comes up so crazy crazy patterns really amazing stuff and uh 
Sunday before I left, I was in line at the New Jersey Steel Baron who, hey, look, I'm repping New Jersey Steel Baron tonight. New Jersey Steel Baron. Yeah. Not bearing like I always thought when I've heard them on Knife Talk. Yeah. Nope, not bearing. Not bearing. You know, I didn't really think it would be that far off. I said, well, if this company makes bearings, then they must deal with steel a lot. So, yeah, I guess they sell it too. That's kind of how I rationalize it. It is good yeah. rationale. Yeah. But it turns out they're the New no, Jersey Steel Baron. Like the Baron the of Baron. steel the, yeah. in New Jersey. Yeah. And I guess they'd go around to a lot of these events. Like they'd showed up in a van and they had that van loaded with just all these different size, different, uh, different steel varieties, mm-hmm. just huge load of them in their of your van. And the first day there was just a line of people, and yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to go check it out now. I don't even know what I'm looking at. True. Like, I don't know very much about steel yet. So then the second day, they weren't there when I was watching the first class, which was basically, that was a low-tech heat treating class where then Ray was showing how to kind of do heat treating with like a little f- torch. Another good class. But uh, as I was literally walking to my car to leave, the steel baron van rolls back in oh nice and i ran over and i was like <laughs> all right i need something that's good for beginners so i i'm not i can't remember the guy's name right now but he goes by frosty otter on instagram <laughs> cool i met him at dragon's breath forge a long time ago okay it's a younger kid that's working with uh uh what the heck is his name jd smith um in Massachusetts and learning from him. And he, so I, I, I talked with him throughout the event a little bit here and there and he was in line with me. So I was like, Hey man, what do you recommend for somebody that's, you know, just starting out? He goes, Hey, get some 1084. That's easy to heat treat. Mm -hmm. It's easy to work with and you can still make a good knife with it. So that's probably your best bet. So I bought three different widths of 1084 to work with. So I can try to start making some small, really small stuff and then kind of, medium and larger yeah. blades like i got two inch wide steel for some of it like you could really spread that out and make a thick blade yeah or... so we'll see what i do with that all right so what else was there from the show i mean they had other classes that i need didn't get to see like nick ross he did a blacksmithing techniques for bladesmith class uh lynn ray did a damascus class then i missed the knife show because i had to leave i they had this whole area for this tag sale. And, Sean, I sent you a picture of a drill press that I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. man, if I got this drill press, would you All help right. me? It was an old-school hand-crank drill press. I said, if I got this, would you help me set it up in, in the shop and attach it to the um, the bench? And Sean's like, yeah, of course. Right. So I go, and, I, and they also had the tongs that I need to make blades because uh-huh. I don't have any good blade tongs, like yep. box straws or anything. And they had price tags on them because there was supposed to be this tag sale. And I went and I, I go, I, I would like to purchase some stuff from your tag sale. And, and they said, oh, well, actually, that was a miscommunication. The tag sale is only going to be happening during the knife show, which is at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And I was like, I'm leaving. I left at 10. <laughs> right. Like, I, there's no way I could stay that late. I had to get back. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit. Like, I was, like, their tongs looked really nice and... While you can find similar tongs online, I was willing to pay more to buy them at this place because they looked like really nice tongs. Yeah. 
and I wanted to support this place after the event. I mean, I was really impressed with the whole setup, and I was like, I wish I could have just bought them, but the rules are rules, and they weren't doing it till the knife show, so I missed out. Oh, well. So, oh, well, what are you going to do? But I didn't end up coming home with any new tools, just a couple bars of steel. Well, so when you asked me about mounting that drill press, I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't see the picture of it because where I was, I didn't have enough reception to, to where it just downloaded. Okay. So I hadn't seen it. I was like, yeah, sure. And then like, I got home later and I saw it and I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm like, <laughs> what is this thing? I was like, oh my God. Uh, so I was like, uh, I'm thinking like, man, I hope you didn't get that thing because you can find something better than that. Oh, you can easily buy one that is electric and for yeah. like 100 bucks, 150 bucks at a hardware store that'll do much better of a job. But this is an old school style like we used when we did the I, first I, 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 I know. I I know. But, <laughs> hey, I mean, I would I would hope it would be like in good working order, but that thing was like... It was marked as it says still works good. Doesn't look like it was, I mean... It's I mean, not like it was. It came out of use, right? <laughs> you no, know, it was sitting in the bottom of like a wet bog, and they just threw it in the truck. <laughs> hey, remember that drill that you threw in the bog? <laughs> yeah, go fish it out of there. We're gonna sell it, and so they slapped a price tag on it, and they, they turned it to make sure it still turned, and it did. <laughs> I didn't try turning it. So not, well, I mean that's their test for making sure it's in working order. They just cranked it like once, and like it's good to go. <laughs> it was it was i mean it wasn't like gnarly gnarly but i was like wow let's, eh. let's go to harbor freight and get something i know i could do that but this was old school style i thought it'd be if you got it, it would have helped it mount it i'm I mean, sure yeah, still would have been way. something didn't get it so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter no but anyway that's really the whole gist of it it was a great event i'm glad i went to i it. wish i was there didn't make it well, maybe next year maybe next year yeah or you know there's other hammer-ins maybe if there's any closer ones coming up we can tend that or, or at least pop our heads in and see what's up but, so that's that that was my big my big week of infinite forge stuff it was just going oh. and learning and not doing anything i could have signed up for forge time but i was like i really don't want to like all the other people here are much more accomplished knife makers than me and i don't want to just be in this other room working on something right now when I kind of want to learn. Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. You got your own shit going on. Well, speaking of my own shit related going on, I also got this today in the mail. Uh Uh-oh. You asked me, you know, if you sign up for the ABS, well, what do you get? Do you get a card? Oh, you do. You do. You get a card. Oh, man. That says apprentice. So I am now officially apprentice with the ABS. And not only did I get a card, I got a certificate. Oh. That says certifies Christopher DeCesare as an active member of the American Spladesmith Society and is entitled to all benefits of said membership as set forth in the society's bylaw. So I'm an apprentice. All right. Look at that. You did it. I did it. I signed up. <laughs> you went online. I paid my 65 bucks. <laughs> yeah. But now my timer starts. So I can get working on knives, and then maybe in three years, if I've gotten my act together, 
I could maybe put together some journeyman Smith style knives because yeah. you have to wait three years before you can test for journeyman unless you take an ABS intro to bladesmithing course, then they take a year off. Okay. So if I were to find one of those courses, which I think are generally like a four day, like a longer course, mm -hmm. if I could take one of those in two years, I could test for JS if I was able to get some knives made. So the thing is, I need to start making some knives. And I don't have a grinder, and that's going to be a big problem, and I have to figure out how I'm going to handle mm. that. But for now, I can start forging stuff, and I have some good steel to work with yeah. to start forging stuff. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And at least I could forge out a number of, of blades and just not grind them, just get them forged to the profile that I want or close to it, and yeah. then just grind, it, grind them all Do some it other time. Yeah. But it's it'll be interesting because you can, you could take the steel that I bought and just grind it right and just do stock removal, but it'll be fun to spread the metal out because then yeah. you're 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 getting more knives out of that one bar right. as you can thin it out and spread it where you need it and all that. So I can't wait to get started on it when I actually yeah. get some time to go forge. Sounds that's good it. to me. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. I'm with you sure you are anyway so <laughs> that was the show thank you for watching the forge been a long one can't it's believe you're still one. here well that forge and fire wrap-up is going to be heavily edited we're just right, listen it's going to be no, chopped quite this, a bit this now. was long too it's all long it is all long so i hope you enjoyed it if you're out working <laughs> in a shop and you guys like no yeah. long ones then there you go that was a long one for you i think it was fairly interesting <laughs> it is a long one for you I think the Bladesmith Symposium stuff was interesting. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, thank you guys for watching. Remember to check out some more of our videos. Subscribe, like on Facebook, Instagram, and all that good stuff. And um, next week, we'll be talking a little bit more about the Straight Razor Challenge. Okay, because cool. Because technically, that ends, I believe, tomorrow. And so we need to start getting some more pictures in from people. And then we'll probably set up something for next week to start looking at those pictures and going over them. So Sounds good. Plan. Thanks for watching. Catch you in the next one. <laughs> oh my god, did you see it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can put two hands around that. That was a lie. It's not a star. It's a rock falling into our atmosphere. Ah, uh, shooting star. But not really. It's all they call it. That's what they call it. How's that jerky treating you? It's good. Yeah. I want to keep eating it. Sounds like it's affecting your sinuses. Oh, yeah.